Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Not too much longer to wait. We are knocking on the door of Super Bowl 57. And it's a shame it's not going to be that close. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio in for Greeny. At least for a little while, Greeny scheduled to join us in just a bit here on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, and of course, on your smart speaker, Christopher Canty. Good morning. Good morning, Carlin. Last football Friday of the season, so it's bittersweet, man, but I'm excited about the big game because we got a great matchup. Well, let's not waste any time. Let's roll. Here we go! Only one place to start. Canty, the Eagles are one-and-a-half-point favorites over the Kansas City Chiefs, the over-under in the game. They expect it to be a bit of a shootout. It's at 51 right now. Just how closely matched are the Chiefs and Eagles? Look, you can look at the stats up and down. But, Canty, I'm looking at two things that are really catching my attention. Number one, when we've had the top-ranked pass defense go up against the top-ranked pass offense before, it's happened twice in the Super Bowl. And both times, the defense won in big, big, big ways. And they have dominated those games. The last time it happened was Seattle and the Broncos, and that was 43-8. to And then, Canty, the other one is when we simply look at the health of Patrick Mahomes versus the waves in which the Eagles' pass rush comes, I do believe there's going to be too much there in the end for Philadelphia not to win this game by double digits. Carlin, I don't know, man. I'm just not as worried about Pat Mahomes' high ankle sprain as a lot of people are. We've seen him function and play at a high level dealing with being compromised physically. So I don't necessarily concern myself with that. What I do worry about is the overall physicality that the Eagles have going up against the Kansas City Chiefs, a team that's not known for being overly physical. So I think the game will be won in the trenches on the offensive line for the both teams and the defensive lines for both teams. And ultimately, it's going to be about that pass protection from Kansas City being able to hold up against the four-man rush of the Philadelphia Eagles because we know hits on the quarterback are cumulative, Carlin. And when you look at Pat Mahomes – When you start to get into that double-digit hits on the quarterback realm, he becomes a much more average quarterback. So I think that's the thing that we have to watch early on in this game. Can Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith and Orlando Brown Jr. keep Pat Mahomes clean in the pocket in passing situations? And let's give them their respect, can't you? Because they are number one in the league in pass block win rate. And listen, that's impressive with what they have done this year. I'm just of the opinion that they haven't faced a team that is as good as the Eagles are at getting to the quarterback, and the Eagles have blown everybody away in that regard. Pass uh, rush win rate and Uh 70 sacks. I mean, 70 sacks. That's an absurd number. 
Well, Carlin, just I mean, if you include the playoffs, it's seventy-seven sacks, right? Yeah, and and sixty of those came with a four-man rush. We, we've never seen a defensive line that's had four double-digit sack guys, but that's what the Philadelphia Eagles are bringing to the party. So, yeah, I mean, you have to be concerned about it. I mean, I, I just told you, you know, over the last three years, Pat Mahomes, he's forty-six and eleven as a starter, completes sixty-seven percent of his passes, and a nearly four-to-one touchdown-to-interception ratio. But over that same span. When he's hit more than 10 times, Carlin, his record is 9-7. and seven. His completion percentage drops from 67 to 62. And his touchdown-to-interception ratio gets cut in half. Mm-hmm. So the question for the Eagles is can they rush Pat Mahomes with four down guys similarly to what we saw the Tampa Bay Bucks do a couple of Super Bowls ago against Kansas City? Can they do that? I don't know. That's the million-dollar question um, that's going to determine the outcome of the Super Bowl. But if the Chiefs are going to have a puncher's chance in this matchup, their offensive line has to hold up in pass protection against this Eagles front. Canty and Carlin in for Greeny, at least for the moment, on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. We're hoping he'll be joining us here very shortly. In the meantime, though, Canty, I, I think when you look at the Chiefs in this game and you look at 1-53, through 53, We would both agree that the Eagles have the better roster overall, but the Chiefs have the benefit of the coach and the quarterback. Mm. Now, how big are those gaps right now? I don't think they're massive gaps between the two. I think they're gaps. I think they exist. So really what it boils down to for me is, can I pick Patrick Mahomes over an entire roster? It's not a knock on on anything else with what the defenses, uh, the defense of the Chiefs has done, especially in getting to the quarterback. They're number two in that this year. Uh, yeah. But uh, can I justify picking a quarterback who, yes, has been able to be effective while not 100%, but to do it against this level of roster that is as healthy as you can be right now? Yeah, I mean, Pat Mahomes is special. So I I don't think we can, you know, dismiss that. He just won his second MVP, becoming one of, what is it, eight other quarterbacks that that have won the award multiple times. So, so Carlin, this this dude is on the verge of a historic start. I mean, think about it. He's tied with Tom Brady for most playoff wins through their first six seasons. Carlin, if he wins the Super Bowl, do you realize there will be no other quarterback that has won multiple MVPs in multiple Super Bowls in their first six years. So this, this guy, I, I can't dismiss the greatness of Pat Mahomes. I, we can't compare him to any of his contemporaries because nobody's even in the ballpark. We have to compare him to the greats of yesteryear. So I'm not going to dismiss the prospects of Pat Mahomes being otherworldly on Sunday and being able to elevate the play of those around him enough to win a Super Bowl. So I just think this is a situation where we're talking about Pat Mahomes having to be a force multiplier. Mm -hmm. The one thing I will say is the Philadelphia Eagles have a chance to mitigate that to some degree because of their ability to rush the passer. Listen, I don't dismiss Patrick Mahomes in the least, and ultimately that's where that question is for me, and it's a fair question. But am I to put anything into this? The last nine reigning MVPs who played in the Super Bowl all lost. Now, yeah. that, that can be kind of an aberration. You know, some of them have lost 
tight games. Tom Brady in 07, uh, you know, lost a tight game to the Giants. In a, yeah. Again, a ridiculously good offense that got shut down by a defense. Why? Because they could get to the quarterback with four and not have to blitz. Like, these, these are the things that I look at when, when I have a chance in this kind of a game to pick a superior defense. That's what I'm going to do, especially when it's been a unit that outside of a couple of spots here in running the football has been dominant all season. Yeah, well, here's what I'll say. I mean, we've seen the MVP go up against the runner-up for MVP in the Super Bowl four times, and Mm -hmm. the runner-up always wins. So, I mean, there is something to to what you're talking about in terms of what Pat Mahomes is asked to do versus what Jalen Hurts is asked to do um, and the rosters that both quarterbacks um, are working with. But, but Carlin, the one thing that, that separates Pat Mahomes from all others is just his ability to be able to get the football to his receivers and, and being able to extend the down and being able to have the interesting arm angles. He finds a way in the most critical situations to execute. And and it's the consistency in that regard, which is what what what, what separates him from everything up from everybody else. Think about that, man. Think, think about the AFC Championship game, where he's scrambling mm-hmm. around, and on the one touchdown, on the third down, he finds MVS. Or on another situation, I think it was a fourth down, he finds Travis Kelsey for a touchdown. Like th- those moments are what makes Pat Mahomes special, and why we can't dismiss the Chiefs' prospects of being able to win a Super Bowl even though they don't have the more talented of the two rosters. So I look at that, and I say that's what makes this an intriguing matchup. But I also want to see how Steve Spagnola, the defensive coordinator, approaches trying to stop this Eagles offense, which might be the most dynamic offense in all of football. Well, that's that's where my biggest concern is, too, is how can they handle uh, trying to stop that uh, – Philadelphia offense, and especially the RPO. You know, that that to me is going to be the biggest single factor uh, for the Kansas City defense. In listen, I don't expect Jalen Hurts to go and run for 100 yards in the game. Oh, but- Steve Spagnuolo's not going to let him, Carlin. No. Spags is not going to let him. Like, here's the thing. Go back to when they played in 2021. It wasn't the Eagles' run game that w- that kept them in that matchup against the Chiefs. It was the passing attack. Pat Mahomes threw the ball. I mean, not Pat Mahomes. Jalen Hurts threw the ball for 387 yards and two touchdowns, no picks. Spags took away the run game by putting a lot of guys in proximity to the line of scrimmage. You're talking about eight, nine-man fronts. We're going to force you to throw the ball down the field and outside of the numbers. I'm going to eliminate the RPO in the run game by virtue of having a lot of bodies in the box. So now it's going to be up to your quarterback to prove that he can get the ball to A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith down the field against tight man coverage and make those windows small. If he can do that, then the Philadelphia Eagles are going to run away with this game. If he can't, then all of a sudden we're talking about a game that comes down to the last possession and who has the ball last. Like that, that is going to determine a lot of how this thing goes as well because I think Steve Spagnola understands that the Philadelphia Eagles – can definitely beat you running the football. But in terms of throwing the football with Jalen Hurts' shoulder, I think that's the big question mark that we want to see answered on the biggest stage that the game has to offer.
Greeny, presented by Progressive Insurance. Looking for a career you'll love with flexibility, great pay, and benefits in one of the country's top workplaces? Come join their growing team. Go to Progressive.com slash careers. Apply online today. The aforementioned Greeny joins you next. His takes are on the way. Canty and I will see you at 3 p.m. Eastern later today on ESPN Radio. We've got you covered on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app all day long, getting you ready for Super Bowl 57. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. All right, we roll along here. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. And welcome to Scottsdale. My thanks to Chris and Chris for jumping in here for the first few minutes as we just wrapped up get up uh, just a, a ways down the road here and then i bopped over in a golf cart to our production studio area and i'm ready to go here for the next two hours i have a lot to get into obviously all the football takes center stage but i've not had a chance to comment on all of the craziness of the basketball of the last few days so i will dive into all of that as we continue as well the hall of fame announcements were particularly significant to me last night i'll get to that in a moment and we have the assembled members of the hashtag crew assembled as well all that and more in 30 seconds after this word from AutoZone with the free services you need to help you get back on the road like the free AutoZone fix finder service service not only identifies the check engine light code but also helps identify the most likely cause of the check engine light being on with over 5600 locations nationwide AutoZone is here to help you save time and money with their free services getting the job done just got easier restrictions apply get in the zone with AutoZone 
To be on the world stage, have two black quarterbacks starting the Super Bowl, I think it's special. To be the first for some is, is pretty cool, so I know it'll be a good one. It'll be a great game, two great teams, and then I get another great quarterback. All right, and so Greeny's takes here with Super Bowl questions uh, as we have hashtag Bubba and hashtag Cam with us this morning from back in Bristol. And so uh, this is the way this is going to work. Cam is going to ask me a variety of Super Bowl questions, and I'm going to give you quick answers. We'll run through as many of these as we can here, Cam. So go ahead. What is the first question you have for me? Yes, and these are courtesy of Hembo. So even though he's not here, he is still here in spirit. So Greeny, to you, in this Super Bowl, what is the defining matchup in this game? whether it's player versus player, player versus position group, or an entire position group versus another? To me, it's actually a pretty simple answer, and that is the whole game comes down to whether Kansas City's offensive line, which is about 10,000 times better than it was when they lost that Super Bowl to Tampa a couple of years ago. How do they hold up against an Eagles team that at this point has more sacks this season than any team in history other than the 84 and 85 Chicago Bears. They get after the quarterback as well as any team ever has. And if they can do that against Patrick Mahomes, whose ankle is clearly not going to be at 100%, to me, that's the entire game. I like Kansas City's offensive line. It's so much better than it generally gets credit for. And how it holds up this weekend, to me, Cam, is everything in this game. What's next? All right. Let's say this game is tied at halftime, Greeny, knowing nothing else about the game. Which team has the edge in the second half? Kansas City. Without question, Kansas City. The longer this game goes and it's close, the bigger the edge is to the Chiefs because of Mahomes. At the end of the day, the Eagles are the better team. If you lined up 52 against 52, the Eagles unquestionably are the better team. But it's the 53rd man who is the difference, and that man is Patrick Mahomes. With all due respect to Jalen Hurts, who's had a brilliant season, A, he isn't Patrick Mahomes, and B, he isn't healthy. So the longer this game goes and the Eagles' overall superiority doesn't factor in, the longer this game is anybody's game, then I will take Patrick Mahomes to be that anybody. If this is a game in the fourth quarter, I think Kansas City wins for sure. What's next? How about if it is a big lead in the second half, which team is better equipped to come back and win? Well, I think the answer is Kansas City, but I don't think either team comes back and wins because the Eagles run the ball so well. So what they are built to do, what they are designed to do, as well as anybody because of their running game, is to take the air out of the game in the second half. If the Eagles build up a two-score lead into the second half, I don't think they can come. I don't think Kansas City can come back. Under no circumstances do I like the Eagles to come back because KC can rush the passer as well. So I don't think either team comes erases a big deficit in this game. But if one has to, I give Kansas City the better chance to do it. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio. Cam, what's next? All right, Greeny. One through four, let's rank the units, the Chiefs offense and defense, and the Eagles on the other side. Well, I mean, it's so hard to do. I, I think... I have to go Kansas City's offense one. Clearly, Kansas City's defense is going to be four. So that that part is easy. Frankly, I don't know which is better, the Eagles' offense or their defense, and I don't know that they're not both better or at least on par with Kansas City's offense. But in the interest of just making it somewhat even, I will go Kansas City's offense one, Philly's offense two, Philly's defense three, 
and Kansas City's offense for. It's time to say goodnight to that check engine light with the free AutoZone Fix Finder service. It'll help troubleshoot the likely cause of your light for free so you can drive with peace of mind. Restrictions apply. Get in the zone with AutoZone. All right, Cam, I'm putting the pressure on you to pick one more that you like best. Hembo left all of these questions. I see so many of them sitting there. But I'm asking you to pick your favorite and finish with that. All right. Well, this might be a tough one, but it's based on what I believe we're about to talk about. How about if you had to ballpark it, how many Hall of Famers are on the field in Super Bowl 57? That's a good question. And it's so hard to do. I mean, help me go through this. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Jason Kelsey, and Lane Johnson. Those are four players that I think, and, and there are probably more that I'm not thinking of, who could retire at the conclusion of this, frankly, who could retire now and get into the Hall of Fame, right? Patrick Mahomes is a Hall of Famer. Johnson and both Kelseys are Hall of Famers, regardless of who wins this game. The question is, am I forgetting anyone? And I'm sure I am. Who am I forgetting on that Philadelphia defense? Who is a Hall of Famer? Is Chris Jones a Hall of Famer? Um, is there anyone else on the Kansas City defense who's a Hall of Famer? Are we including the coaches? Because Andy Reid, I think, is right. a lock Hall of Famer. So he's on the field, or at least on the sideline. So I would definitely say him. Is there anyone else I'm forgetting? I think we've got five Hall of Famers for sure now. And I think we have probably about ten more with Hall of Fame potential with Hertz and A.J. Brown and all the others on the Eagles' offensive and defensive line. So I think a lot with Hall of Fame potential, but five guarantees probably, including yeah. Andy Reid. Sure. I I mean, it's obviously much too soon to talk that way about Hertz or Devontae Smith or A.J. Brown or any of those young guys. They're just at the beginning. But the best news of all for the Eagles, and we can lose the music on that, the best news of all for the Eagles is I think they're just at the beginning. When you look at what they have sitting there, first of all, they have an elite talent accumulator and evaluator. What Howie Roseman has done with this team is nothing short of brilliant. I, I was there at the Super Bowl Uh, The last Super Bowl I attended in person was the one in Minnesota where the Eagles with Nick Foles beat Brady and the Patriots. And that was, first of all, it was an unbelievable game. That was the Philly special game. That was the game where Brady threw 500 for 500 yards, did not throw an interception. His his team did not punt and they lost, which I think continues to be one of those most amazing storylines in Super Bowl history. But that team five years later, is so thoroughly different. He has completely remade that team and put them in a position where they are now set up for success. And here's my prediction, Cam, and this is obviously the team that you follow and root for as a fan of the Philly sports teams. A lot of this is now going to ride on Jalen Hurts, and he just feels to me, if there would be, he would be well within his rights to say, I want every penny and I want it all guaranteed, that I have coming to me, and I believe the Eagles would give it to him, and I think they would be right to give it to him, and I think that would be, if if he does that, there will be no room for criticism. I will not and cannot ever criticize anyone for getting as much money as they possibly can. But there's just something about that kid's personality that says to me that he might do a Patrick Mahomes-esque kind of deal. I think Mahomes set himself up by, making a, by gambling on himself, by making an investment in his own future, that he has a better chance to be Tom Brady if he took the kind of deal that he took a few years ago and not to be 
Peyton Manning, Eli Manning, one of the other quarterbacks who got paid more money during their careers but won less games because those teams had to make a lot of financial decisions that Brady's teams didn't have to make and that Kansas City ultimately won't have to make. And if Jalen Hurts does something like that, I'm not suggesting he's not going to get paid a whole lot of money, but if he takes the kind of deal that the Eagles can work around with two first-round picks sitting there this year and the loaded roster they already have and the comparatively weak NFC, Cam, I think we might be looking at the beginning of a little Eagles dynasty. I completely agree, and I think much has been made about you know Jalen Hurts, whether it's him, whether it's the team. Truthfully, it's both, obviously, but I think he is the engine that makes that offense go, but the more weapons you have around him, the more they can do this for as long as possible. They have all these draft picks. Even though they've been so good, they've been good about you know acquiring different picks. So I think the future is set up well, but I think a lot of it hinges on what they're able to keep around him, and that's based on what he chooses to take. All right, you're listening to Greeny. we got NBA action tomorrow night. Warriors-Lakers presented by Indeed. That'll be here on most of these ESPN radio stations. And our show, as always, is presented by Progressive Insurance. For a job you will love, visit Progressive.com slash careers. Hashtag Bubba is with us as well today. I've not had a chance to say hello. How are we, Bubs? Oh, doing all right. Just praying every day that we don't possibly have another Eagles win here. <laughs> I, I, just, I just can't take it next week. It's just murder for you, right? I mean, that Monday with Hembo back and Cam sitting in there with you, that's going to be a tough one for you if the Eagles win. I, I mean, I might have to call out. I, I, I don't think I can come in. Okay. Thank well, God Hembo's not here today because yeah. it, it was going to be rough. But, yeah, if Hembo, Monday after the Super Bowl, I mean, we lucked out that the Phillies didn't win this year because the lead-up was unbearable. If the Eagles win, I don't know if I can handle that. I'm with you. I mean, you got to deal with Cam in there. I will have to deal with Hembo all day long at the studios in New York. And look, there's no living with him under the best of circumstances. Exactly. And these, of course, would be the worst. But first, but right now, gather round because I'm going to tell a little story. Bubba, once upon a time, there was a little boy. And that little boy fell in love with a sport and with a team. By going to a stadium that doesn't exist anymore called Shea Stadium in Queens, New York, sitting next to his father in the upper deck of Shea Stadium and watching that team, the New York Jets, play football. I fell so in love with that sport and with that team that I have basically spent my entire life around sports. I have dedicated my entire professional life to the coverage of sports largely because of those formative years. And my favorite player, My first favorite player, and there was always a special place in your heart for your first favorite player, wore number 73 for those Jets, and his name was Joe Klecko, and it has broken my heart over the years, time after time, year after year, to see him passed over for the Hall of Fame. He was a genuinely great player. He was a Pro Bowl player at three different positions on the defensive line. He was the unquestioned leader and best player on a group called the Sack Exchange, which in the early 80s was one of the most dominant defenses in the National Football League and which unquestionably was the most in love I've ever been with any group, any team, anything in sports in my lifetime. And yesterday... 
it was announced that that player, finally, after all these years, will take his rightful place in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And so while I congratulate all of the Hall of Famers, including Darrell Rivas, who is actually the best player the Jets ever had, Joe Namath will always be the most important player the Jets ever had. But the best player the Jets ever had was Rivas, and he richly deserved to go in on the first ballot, as did Joe Thomas. And congratulations to Rondé Barber and Zach Thomas and to Marcus Ware and to Don Coriel and Chuck Howley and Ken Riley. But I will tell you that I was landing here in Arizona when the news started populating on Twitter that Joe had been informed that he is... Um, getting into the Hall of Fame, and I can't explain to you how much it meant to me, and Joe is someone that I've gotten to know a little bit over the years, not well, but he was such a great player, and there's just something about, I talk about this a lot because I'm getting to be an old fart, and there's something about the way I feel now, there's um, a nostalgia that I feel for sports, as I realize that I'm getting older, and so many of the things that I remember most fondly happened so long ago that I recognize that probably, I don't know, 75, 80% of the people who might be listening to the sound of my voice right now don't remember watching Joe Klecko play. But the rest of you know what I'm talking about. And all of you know this, that the first favorite player you ever have, whatever sport that might have been from, whatever player it was that made you fall in love with the team and with the game, there'll always be a special place in your heart for that player. And again, for me, that player is Joe Klecko. So Bubba, when I saw the news that he'd gotten into the Hall of Fame yesterday in some weird, tiny, obviously inappropriate kind of way, it felt like I got in. It, it, it felt like I had made it. I, I felt like I was on his team. It felt like that one was for all the teams that I loved as a kid. It felt like that one was for my childhood. It felt like that one was for my dad. It felt like that one was for me. And so I am so happy, and I offer my most heartfelt, joyous, and ebullient congratulations to the great Joe Klecko and every other member of the Hall of Fame class of 2023. Bubs, how about that? Well, I don't know about the part about you getting in as well, but I agree with everything else, especially how he hasn't, you know, he hasn't been making it every year. Every year, kind of waiting, thinking he should be get in, and so I, I agree. I mean, I think you know, you grew up watching him, and he's part of your childhood. Like you said, you watch it with your dad, so I get all of that, and you know, you root for him all these time, and and you you go in with him, and so I get that. I mean, I kind of, you know, my favorite player growing up was Bobby Hurley, so he obviously didn't he didn't have that, um, you know, pro career, but the next favorite player was probably Mike Piazza. So um, while it was a sure thing that he was going to go in the Hall of Fame, uh, it was still a great moment when he got in because um, I had so many great memories with him. And, and one of my favorite moments on Mike and Mike will always be the time I got to talk to him. Um, and I, and you know, you said ask him a question, and I basically I didn't ask him a question. I, I honestly just thanked him for all, all the memories I had with, with him as a as a Mets fan um, because that was basically the the predominant time of me as a Mets fan as a kid was all of the Piazza memories growing up. So it's kind of the, the same thing you're talking about. Like I, you know, back when the Mets were terrible, Piazza was there and became good. And so I just remember all that growing up and watching that. And it's that, you know, that same way. So when he went in, I, you know, I felt like I was going in there with him, you know, so I'm right there with you. Yeah, it's a great feeling. And, you know, everyone who loves sports has that player. And it's occurring to me that one of the wonderful things as we have seen society evolve and sports evolve is that for a lot of young people now, that player is probably a woman. You have, you have grown up. When I was a kid, that would have been a much, much less likely 
scenario. But right now, for a lot of people out there, men and women alike, maybe your favorite player growing up, maybe that player for you is Megan Rapino. Maybe that player is Serena Williams. Whoever that player might be, there is always someone who is that kind of special for you. Um, you know, Brianna Stewart, whoever that might be. Cam, who's that for you? Who is that athlete for you that when they go into the Hall of Fame someday, well, you know what? It doesn't have to be a Hall of Fame caliber player. Uh, your, your favorite player can be someone who was by no means, like when I was a little kid, for no reason that I can honestly remember, my two favorite Yankees, I was a Yankee fan growing up, were Thurman Munson and Roy White, and, and neither one of them are in the Hall of Fame, and Roy White wasn't even a Hall of Fame caliber player, even though I loved him, so it doesn't have to be that. Cam, who was your favorite player when you were growing up, which yeah. was like 10 minutes ago? <laughs> yeah, yesterday my favorite player was. Uh, no, when I was a kid, it, it's not going to be a Hall of Famer, but Brian Westbrook was just the man to me. He, mm-hmm. he and McNabb and Dawkins kind of defined my childhood of Eagles, uh, Eagles sports, and uh, you know, not going to be a Hall of Fame player, but he, it, you know, if he were ever um you know honored with anything i would i would feel very special all right I, I like it so anyway congratulations joe and the entire hall of fame class of 2023 as we continue it's been a heck of a week in the nba hasn't it and i have a lot to say about it and i will back in a flash on espn radio greenie the podcast We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. All right, Greeny with you here on ESPN Radio, live from Scottsdale as we are counting it down to the Super Bowl. I'm actually the only one who came out here to cover basketball. I'm here because we have NBA Countdown with Stephen A. and Michael and Jalen tonight and tomorrow night. And it's obviously been just an unbelievable week in the NBA. By the way, we've got games for you here on ESPN Radio. Lakers Warriors tomorrow night. Grizzly Celtics Sunday afternoon on ABC and ESPN Radio. And when you're talking about those teams, obviously John Morant is on one side and Jason Tatum in the other. Will they be in the zone? In the zone brought to you by AutoZone. Get in the zone with AutoZone. So Bubba and Cam, I, I have been around the NBA now more than ever before in my lifetime. For the past year and a half, I have followed the sport 
um, religiously covered it for 30 years, loved it for 50 years. I've never seen anything like what just happened to the Brooklyn Nets. And I think what we have seen here, Baba, follow this and you tell me if you think I'm reading this correctly. I think what we saw this week was the the actual, actually the predictable final act of the way this league was built, which is to say the genius of David Stern in the 80s was that he recognized that he had a collection of players who were extremely appealing, who were extremely attractive, who could become ambassadors of a sport, of a game, of a business that was not nearly as popular in this country as football or baseball were, and that he could build something on the backs and the broad smiles of people like Magic Johnson and Michael Jordan, and perhaps not the broad smile of, but the appeal of Larry Bird, and then on through with all the other superstars that came through. And we've seen the game elevated, and then came Kobe and Shaq, and all of these legendary people and players. But the one logical conclusion of all of that is that when you build a business around the employees, it is unreasonable to expect that they are going to have the bigger picture ahead of their own best interest when it comes to making decisions. I don't blame individual basketball players for load management. I don't blame individual basketball players for forcing their way out of situations in search of better ones. I don't blame individual basketball players because they are independent contractors. It is unreasonable and unrealistic to expect a person with a 15-year window to make as much money as he possibly can to say, you know, I could do this, but it's in the best interest of the league. It's in the best interest of this one team I currently play for out of the 30 that exist for me to behave in a different way. It's not reasonable. It's not something that you should expect. So do I like what I've seen from Kyrie Irving, from Kevin Durant, and from the other players who have exercised the extraordinary power and influence they have over the game right now, over the business of the game? Do I like it as a fan? Of course not. Who could like it? But I understand. I can't sit here and be critical. They found themselves in a position, let's just use Kyrie Irving as an example. Kyrie Irving went in there and said, I want my money now. The net said, we're not going to give it to you. He was able to, through reading the tea leaves, and we all understand that there's not a lot of guesswork involved in that, figure out that there were a lot of other places that would. And so it would be illogical to expect him not to do everything he could to figure out a way to get to one of those other places. And what does that mean for the team he leaves behind? What does it mean for the league that he plays for? Those really aren't his problem. Because that team has been there before he got there, and they'll continue to be there after. The league has been around a lot longer than he has, and it'll be there long after he's done. And it is his job. It is his... I understand why he feels that all he's going to concern himself with is how he can best position himself to maximize his circumstance during the little sliver of a window that he has to make a fortune playing the game. So I hate what happened this week. Hate it. The basketball fan in me, the sports fan in me, absolutely hates it. 
But before you sit here and throw stones in the direction of the players who are making these decisions, ask yourself, if you were to switch places with them, or whatever the closest approximation of that is in your life, wouldn't you do the same thing? Most people, I think, would. Maybe not all, but most people probably would. It's been nuts, and I have a lot more to say about it than that, and I will as we roll on here on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcasts.